0: Welcome to the COFIT podcast, everyone. This is Andre Tomlin from The Mental Health, and I'm here today with Professor Samuele Cortese. He is a psychiatrist and professor of child and adolescent psychiatry at the University of Southampton. We've seen an enormous response to this coronavirus pandemic. Um, And from mental health research, particularly, the community of mental health researchers internationally have started up a huge number of studies From your perspective, why do you feel that mental health research matters right now?
1: So I will say that since the beginning of the pandemic, the focus, of course, in terms of health has been on finding um, um, effective treatments and possibly a vaccine for for this. Uh, But uh, of course, this is important, this is crucial, but um, um, researchers in the mental field um, wanted to highlight, that also mental issues are relevant. Um, I would say because of two reasons. The first one is that uh, there are consequences in terms of mental health related to um, the restrictions and the way the pandemic has been managed. I'm thinking for instance, um, people who lost their job. So clearly this has an impact on mental health. Second, uh, we are becoming more and more aware of Possible direct consequences of the virus on the brain and then on behavior. Uh, For instance, in my field, I'm a child and adolescent psychiatrist by background, and my area of expertise is around attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. So, um, the the influenza, the flu, uh, influenza flu in 1918, the so called Spanish flu was described an increase in the number of children who presented with behaviors that nowadays we would label as ADHD. So there is, um, likewise, currently a concern that the virus could lead to an increase, to a direct increase of mental health and behavioural neurodevelopmental issues. So I think that uh, the focus of, um, from the mental health research community has been to remind uh, people that in addition to uh, the efforts on uh, finding um, the treatment and the vaccine for this virus, we should not forget the impact on mental health.
0: And I guess even before the pandemic, we were already talking about a crisis in mental health services. What has this pandemic done to increase this crisis? And I'm thinking particularly about people who are already experiencing health and social inequalities.
1: Indeed, we were aware of these inequalities and the pandemic has amplified this. Uh, in particular considering uh, the difficulties related to conducting a comprehensive uh, assessment and follow-up and treatment. So, as you are saying, we're just seeing a kind of, uh, you know, things amplified during uh, the pandemic. But we were aware of this before the pandemic, and we were also aware that in terms of research, for instance, the proportion of funding, research funding allocated to mental health, was not sufficient, and so we should uh, we should bear in mind this during the pandemic, and um, uh, we should uh, highlight the need for um, a focus on mental health in terms of clinical action, but also research.
0: <laughs> So you're the coordinator of the UK section of a a recent study that started up called the COFIT study, C-O-H-F-I-T. So you've got a great acronym, as all mental health research studies need. Tell us, what is this study and, and how does it stand out from the hundreds of coronavirus mental health studies that have started up in recent months? Yes,
1: so um, actually the acronym stands for Collaborative Outcome Study on Health and Functioning During Infection Times. And we try to find an acronym which uh, sounds like uh, COVID in a way, COVID. So uh, you are right in saying that there, are in, uh, there is a large number of um, surveys on mental health in this country, but also at the international level. And I think all of these are really valuable and they can be helpful uh, for the scientific community. Uh, I would say that COVID is different uh, at least in, in three, um, for three aspects, I would say. So the first one is that it is, um, to our knowledge, the largest international survey of this kind. Um, there are more than um, 145 countries Involved in this uh, survey, with more than 200 researchers across the globe were collaborating um, with this survey. And uh, so, why is this important? Because we are applying the same questions to all these countries, and so this will allow us to understand to better appreciate how uh, different ways of facing, of, of uh, managing the pandemic. Uh, from different governments um, may lead to different outcomes, to different effects. The second aspect is that this survey is uh, translated in 29 languages. And we think this is important to allow people in our country who are not familiar with English or whom English is not, the first language to still be able to uh, take part in the survey, choosing hopefully one of the languages they are familiar with. And uh, the third aspect, uh, which I think is important as well is that um, it is true that there is a large number of surveys out there, but in general, they tend to focus on specific age groups or on specific aspects of uh, physical health or mental health. By contrast, uh, COVID is more comprehensive, uh, at least we believe so, because it is um, really aimed to address a large number of uh, physical and mental health consequences of uh, the pandemic, uh, as well as uh, coping strategies, access to care, and um, behavioural aspects, lifestyle aspects. So uh, we think it's really comprehensive and this will allow us to better understand uh, the impact of the pandemic.
0: So tell us about some of the initial findings. You've recently reported on some of your preliminary findings from the study. What, What have you found out? What's most surprised you?
1: Sure, so we were able to uh, analyze the initial data from um, about 2000 participants in the UK. And um, most of them were between uh, the age of 29 and 51, and three quarters of them, there were women. So uh, we were able to analyze um, the uh, psychological and psychosocial impact of the pandemic, uh, mainly in terms of stress, loneliness and anger and we did find that uh, one-third of uh, the respondents um, reported a severe impairment a, a severe worsening uh, in these uh, aspects and another third reported the moderate worsening so mainly two-thirds of the population uh, who participated into COVID reported an impact a significant psychosocial impact of the pandemic. And this is very significant. Um, I was also interested in seeing another variable that we were able to analyze because we had enough uh, statistical power, enough numbers to, to analyze, which is related to altruistic behaviors. So um, I would like to highlight that an important aspect of COVID is to focus not only on the risk factors, but also on the protective factors. And in this uh, respect, we found that uh, one out of five um, participants reported an increase, a significant increase improvement in altruistic behavior. The third aspect we were able to analyze was related to the coping strategies. Uh, And we found that um, in uh, women, the most important coping strategies were um, direct personal contact or interactions, exercise or walking, and internet use in this order. In men, um, the most effective, the most common are coping strategies were internet use, exercise or walking, and direct personal contact or interaction in this order. So quite an interesting difference between um, women and men in uh, relation to coping strategies. And the final result, which I think um, is uh, is important, is that when we asked participants to rate the degree of satisfaction in terms of the government uh, policy during the pandemic, uh, 17% uh, declared they were satisfied. The rest was um, neutral or not satisfied. So I think that these are initial uh, results, which of course need to be confirmed in larger uh, number, larger sample, but they are are quite important in terms of public health.
0: So you mentioned earlier that the study is still very much open, and that people can go online and complete the survey, and it's available in many different languages. Yes. So um, uh, the website
1: uh, can be accessed via uh, www.coh-fit. So cofit with a hyphen, and uh, it is quite simple in terms of access. Uh, It is anonymous, as I said. So. uh, If somebody uh, wishes to complete this uh, study, they just need to um, access the website to complete the initial uh, questions. As I said, um, we ask for um, um, demographic data, and also there is a special code which will allow us to uh, connect the the people living in the same family. Even if it is anonymous, we will be able via this code to connect and to conduct interesting analysis uh, uh, in terms of what's happening um, at the family level. And then there is a series of questions uh, that cover basically um, all the main aspects related to uh, psychopathology, but also uh, the main aspects related to physical health as well as uh, coping strategies, access to care, um, lifestyle, and uh, a a number of other behavioral variables. Um, The survey can be completed by anyone in the general population. There are no specific entry exclusion uh, criteria, uh, uh, starting from the age of six. And actually there is a version for adults a version for adolescents and another for children. The version for adults lasts about 30 minutes. So we do appreciate it is not a quick survey, but if we want to understand in a comprehensive way, um, risk factors and protective factors to inform policies for the future and to help people, we cannot rely on a quick survey. Uh, The good thing, is that uh, you know one can take breaks it can be stopped and then uh, it can be taken after some time so even if it is 30 minutes hopefully uh, the majority of um, people would be able to complete it And then there is a version for adolescents, which is a shorter, slightly shorter, and it doesn't include some of the questions for adults. And then the version for children is about 50 minutes. Of course, it is simplified and it includes a series of questions which have been phrased according to uh, developmentally appropriate uh, uh, considerations. And we do recommend, um, children can complete the survey on their own, but we do recommend parents to uh, assist them during the completion of the survey, especially if they are, uh, we are talking about young children aged six or seven. And so so far we had uh, from the UK about two thousand um, participants, which is a good number, but unfortunately is less than what other countries were able to uh, have. For instance, in Italy, more than ten thousand uh, participants were recruited into COVID, and in Germany, more than eight thousand uh, participants completed the survey. So. Um, we really uh, invite everyone to complete COVID because this will allow us to um, have a sufficient statistical power to analyze um, and to assess in an appropriate way uh, all the variables, all the aspects that we are interested in.